I doubt if any of us will get out of here alive. Oh, you should never, never doubt what nobody is sure about. This podcast was written and recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the traditional custodians of the country in which we work and live. On the 1st of October 1971, five children aged between 8 and 12 participated in a tour of a factory in Upper Munich. Five children went in, four came out maimed, and one never left. Over the past decade, we spent every working day investigating what happened within the walls of that manufacturing plant. One thing is clear, these children have never seen justice. One story, told week by week. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to work out how a day of horror was spun into a rags-to-riches tale. Who is responsible? And how did they get away with it? We're Maddie, Ella and Millie. This is The Candyman. Hello. And welcome to The Candyman. My name is Ella. And my name is Maddie. We are your hosts and this is our investigation. We are accompanied by our tech, Millie, who's helping us out with interviews and source material. I'm really excited to get started. And You're just a little bit close to the microphone there, Millie. Once in a blue moon, a crime story slips by unnoticed, unregarded. Not this one. This chilling story is one of society's most glorified tales. Horrific events celebrated as as delights. Villains masquerading under silly cloaks and hats. Justice never served. We could not be more pleased that you have chosen to join us in reopening this cold case. A case previously shielded from the scrutiny it deserves. The case of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. This is a criminal case. Let us be completely clear about what is going on. No doubt you are familiar with the book and two films that have popularised this story. You may think, this is just a harmless tale. This is a work of fiction written by Roald Dahl, starring Gene Wilder or directed by Tim Burton. Incorrect. After you've listened to these six episodes, you too will be disgusted by the apathy of the general public. No more lies. After Ella and I watched the 1971 film, we were disgusted. Ella was sick and I went on a five-day bender in an attempt to numb myself and forget what I'd seen. When I came to, we did some digging. We dug in places no one has dug before. And we found that it is all real. These events happened. These people exist. Roald Dahl? More like Roald Snarl. Snarling behind the pile of gold he has made from taking this true event and turning it into a work of family fun. A man invited children into his factory. He maimed them. Mm. He tormented them. Mm. And then he kept one. History is written by the victors, and in this case, victors have authored joy into an objectively horrific tale. When I was hired for this podcast, I didn't believe Maddie and Ella. I was where you are now, rolling my eyes and scoffing quietly. But they've shown me the truth, just as they will you. (laughs) I used to watch these films thinking they were harmless family fun. Now, I just see families torn apart. 
While the book and films are sickening, they are the only surviving documentations of these true events, and it is the superior 1971 film that we will be dissecting in order to find the truth. It's time. Brace yourself. Now, while the events of this disturbing story are burned into our minds here in this studio, we know that some of you may need refreshing before we begin. Welcome to the Candyman. Let the investigation begin. Stand back there! Hey, kid, come Leave on. the boy alone! Let me see! Leave him alone! Break it up! Let me see! Over here! Show it over here! I'm Veruca Salt! Augustus Clue! Violet Bogart! I'm Mike TV! Charlie Bucket! And now, details on the sudden announcement that has captured the attention of the entire world. Hidden among the countless billions of Wampa bars are five gold tickets. Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! The fifth golden ticket is mine! You're pulling our legs, Charlie. Grandpa, I don't believe it. We did it. We're actually going in. We're going to see the greatest of them all, Mr. Willy Wonka. I'm so glad you could come. This is going to be such an exciting day. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. Accidents? What kind of accidents? I didn't know we had to sign anything for this tour. I can't see what it says in the bottom. Well, 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 too naughty, nasty. Is it a trick or something, Wonka? I'm shaking. I've, I've got chills. I can see. That's, that was. Do you guys want the advert oh now my God. or later? Millie, because stand away from the microphone. I need to go we to the bathroom. Support the Candyman. We're not allowed a Patreon. We've been banned. But um, if you've got a pen handy, my BSB is eight oh five oh five oh. My account number is six three four two three nine seven one. Uh, any amount above uh, $60 is welcome, and that will get you a complimentary shout-out. We're all in quite a bit of debt, you see, because um, I actually didn't get my bond back recently because of some skiddies, and Ella's got quite a lot of medical bills, don't ask, and Millie, she's fine, she just gets paid in experience, so don't worry about that. Um, so yeah, once again, uh, any amount over uh, $100 will get you a shout-out. Thank you, and support The Candyman. The Candyman. Each of our episodes will centre on a specific topic. Today, we will begin in the only place you possibly could start, with one family, the family Bucket, and their sweet little Bucket boy. Here's what we know. Mr and Mrs Bucket lived in a small, run-down old home on the outskirts of town. A family of very low income, Mrs Bucket worked in a laundry full-time to provide for the family of seven. There have been mixed reports about Mr Bucket. Some say he was a present figure in their lives, others say he was dead. It is believed, however, that their financial situation was exacerbated by Mr Bucket's sudden redundancy at the local toothpaste factory, which of course must have put further strain on the family. Mm. Either way, his two parents shared a double bed with the parents of Mrs Bucket in the lounge room of the small family home. A crowded affair. And then, of course, to complete the family, the only child of Mr and Mrs Bucket, the most well-known Bucket of them all. Little Charlie. This tiny child, so young, has seen so much. 
The version of events told by the media present him in a very complimentary light. And herein lies our first stomach-churning revelation of our investigation. This is not to be believed. Millie has sourced the blurb from the 1967 text. I would just like to say that I do not agree with it. Augustus Gloop is called a fat pig. Veruca is spoilt. Mike TV is a smart aleck. And Violet Beauregard is said to be, and I quote, destined for a sticky end. Hmm. I'm not a mother, but I would say that no child is ever destined for any sticky end. Only Charlie Bucket is free from ridicule in this blurb, and he's described as being honest, obedient, loyal, brave, good, kind, and starving. Seems, perhaps, to us, a little biased. Hmm. Maddie, when you first think of the other four children, what do you think? Nasty. Millie? Nasty. Me? Nasty. But why? What was their crime? Gluttony? I eat. Greed? I like gifts. TV? I watch The Crown. Someone has tried to paint him as an angel, but if you look close enough, his true character does slip through. Millie, play the first clip. Okay, well, this excerpt is taken from the 1971 cinematic retelling. The recording is from inside the Bucket family home. Charlie Bucket, given a singular bar of chocolate for his birthday, pretends to have found a golden ticket. Listen to him as he tricks his family. I got it! Where? Where? Let's see. Fooled you, didn't I? You thought I really had it. Hmm. For a boy so kind, he does love to torment the poor, the sick, and the elderly, doesn't he? He likes to play games. Mind games. He loves the thrill of dangling the carrot of hope in front of someone only to yank it away. Oh, Millie, please don't mess with the audio pitch. Got it. Now, we are not for a second saying that Charlie Bucket, a boy of 11, is so sinister that he could have possibly orchestrated the events inside the factory. But we are saying that we believe Charlie is not what he seems. Millie, play the next clip. And after this contest is over, you'll be no different from the billions of others who didn't find one. But I am different. I want it more than any of them. To what end, Charlie? To what end? We knew there must be more to Charlie than meets the eye. We needed to speak to someone close to him, find out if our suspicions were correct. Millie managed to secure an interview with none other than Grandma Josephine. It was an honour. Hopefully it will clear everything up for us about Charlie's true character. Millie, roll that tape. Unfortunately, Grandma Josephine's larynx had betrayed her. Her speech is unintelligible, so I had to lay a translator over the top. Forgive her. In the twilight of my youth, I met a man. A man of dance. A man of romance. A man of lies. Joe and I were fire and ice. Our meeting would surely end in the destruction of one, and irreparable damage to the other. Lust is a powerful shield that covers the truth of the man in front of you. So beguiled was I, I could not see him for what he was. A man of sin. 
Wow, Grandma Josephine, it sounds like quite the love affair. You know, I've recently started sharing a bed with a partner and I find it really comforting. But Grandma Josephine, you shared a bed with three other people. That must have been pretty crazy, and you must have some stories. As I lay immobile in a bed meant for two, our miracle bed, face to feet with the withered parents of the man my daughter saw fit to marry, I could only ask myself, why? It was at Grandpa Joe's behest we lay still and flat with these perfect strangers. Middle age was now upon us, our teenage children toiled as the days turned to years and we became one with the dead. All in an effort to conserve our collective energies. He leached our powers and waited for his chance to rise. Content to lay next to the lifeless husks of his bedfellows, one of whom he used to call wife and lover. cousin just had a little baby and oh my gosh to watch that beautiful little thing grow up is one of life's greatest pleasures. For years we thought her barren. A miraculous thought. We feared the day there would be one more mouth to feed. All of us quaking each time that man attempted to fertilize my daughter. We knew the young would eat the old, except Joe. He thought he could tame the child to his whims. The boy turned out more demonic than we could ever have dreamed of. A taunter. A mischief maker. A boy of sweets. Still, it sounds like you're keeping well these days. Uh, it's important to keep the mind fit. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, what are you doing for fun there, Grandma Josephine? Are you reading books? Watching movies? They played us, for sport, in the visual retellings. Do you know what it is to have your life shown back to you? Did the woman I see portraying me understand me? No, she is but a farce. A doll. A piece of make-believe. Three men in black have begun to ransack my home. They are taking what little I have, and I am left to stare down the barrel of a gun. Send help if you can, if you cannot, do not carry the skill. Okay, we lost her there, but I had a great time talking to her. You know, I really like doing interviews. I'd love to be a host one day. You know, like, the third host. Millie. That's... I'm so sorry, but... I'm so sorry, you just need to remember you. That's not gonna happen. Millie, we really don't want to start off on the wrong foot here. You just... See that booth you're in? It's for a reason. You're not a host. Just sit in there and do your job, okay? Okay, we, we, we picked you up from RMIT as this media student. Like, you're not a host. That's really... Well, it's actually quite funny that you think that... Stay um, in your booth. Like, in, yeah. what? You, you present the material, you're not there, you source it. Do, like, you do, are, you, are you taking this on board that I can't see? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm the tech. Okay. Okay. I don't want to ever hear that yeah. again. <laughs> that was that's pretty confronting. Okay. I'm just make sure you cut that because I don't want anyone to hear. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut it out. Cool. Well, okay. okay. Well, that's probably enough in the can before lunch. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we got it. Um, yeah, lunch. Yeah, lunch, Maddie. Yeah, Let's do sounds it. great. Where are we going? <laughs> um, no, Millie, you'll just stay here if that's okay. And can you just look after the studio and all our stuff? I've got my laptop in my bag. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, um, I didn't bring any food, so if no, you that's fine. Thanks, bring some stuff back. Oh my god, where should we go? I'm so excited. Oh, so I want to go to Brunswick. I wish I was in Brunswick. The Candyman. What's that? Oh, Marinella, you're a... Ah! Who are you? So this is the Candyman Studio. Sorry, do you have a booking? Don't worry, I won't be long. You see, my name is Mr. Slickwig, and I'm here on behalf of Wonka & Co. Word has spread of little investigation happening, and the company is very interested in your reporting. Oh, no, it's not my reporting. I'm just the lowly tech and producer sometimes, and I just sit in that booth. Maddie and Ella are out to lunch right now, but I can leave them a message if you I'm want. I'm here for you, Millie. What? I think you're just the person I need. You're schooling me? Millie, this is a USB stick. It can hold all sorts of information, up to four gigabytes. I don't even know how that would work. I need you to put every report interview and audio file you have on the Wonka factory onto this USB. I need you to bring it to me at Wonka & Co. You will be rewarded handsomely. Oh no, I don't know if I want to do that. You don't have to make this decision now. Take this USB stick and think about it. Oh no. My friends? Or a podcast of my own? What am I gonna do? Candyman. Welcome back. Did you guys have a nice lunch? Lily, what are you doing outside of your booth? Oh, I'm sorry. It's just I, I came out because there's something... Get in back the... in there and stop wasting our time. Okay, so sorry. Alright. Next up, another famous bucket. Grandpa Joe. Let's start with what we know. So it's public knowledge that Grandpa Joe was the eldest of the four grandparents. He was 96 and a half, and that is just about as old as anybody can be. Joe is the most adored grandfather of Charlie Bucket and is the loving father to Mrs. Bucket. He is coincidentally married to Grandma Josephine, a naming harmony, a match made in heaven. Grandpa Joe is the person who initially teaches Charlie all about the factory and the enigma that is Wonka. He is the driving force behind Charlie getting a ticket to the factory. He brings happiness and warmth into Charlie's life through his storytelling. We can safely conclude that Grandpa Joe is an entirely lovely and unsuspicious bucket. Oh, Ella. No. What? No, don't. Don't say that. Don't say what that. did I say? No, that Joe, that Joe is unsuspicious. He's a liar, big time, big time uh, liar. No, no, yeah. no, 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 it's, no, it's, he is. Joe's a sweet man. No, sweet, sweet Joe. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a snake lying dormant, Ella. It's this is well established territory. Our listeners will have heard that before. He's a villain. Oh no, he is. He is not a villain. He is good and kind. He gives Charlie his tobacco money. That's the only money that he has in the entire world, kept mm. under his pillow for years. Yeah. And he is saving mm. it. And he gives it to him to find a ticket. He's oh, a- yeah. Okay. Um, Millie, let's uh, let's listen to the way that he talks about that money, shall we? Can you play that, Millie? Okay. 
Grandpa, that money was for tobacco. I told you, Charlie, I've given it up. Do you hear that? How dare he? How dare he gleefully hide money away? His daughter is working day and night to provide for him. How did he even get that money? He's supposed to be bedridden. He's a liar, Ella. <laughs> Uh, he is not a liar. He is bedridden. He could only rise from that bed because Charlie found a golden ticket. No. <laughs> so rude. Listen to this clip. I never thought my life could be anything but catastrophe. But suddenly I begin to see a bit of good luck for me. Cause I've got a golden ticket. Oh, oh, I've got a golden ticket. I've got it. It's not your ticket, you greedy old shit. It's Charlie's. He just <gasps> assumes it's going to be his as well. Mrs. Bucket should have gone with him, not him. She deserved it. There's a bedpan under that bed, Ella. A bedpan. Lazy Snake was happy to look his daughter in her eyes while he was defecating onto a plate, knowing full well that she would have to scrub that excrement out over a sink. All the while, he's got enough energy to rise and dance and do a musical number claiming the prize. Oh, it's my prize. I've won the ticket. That is the song of a man who for the first time in 40 years has felt hope, Maddie. You think he was surprised when he leapt out of that bed, Ella? No, he knew he could do it because he's done it before. Oh, he sneaks about in the dead of night and we have proof. Listen to this. Millie, play it. Dad, in all the years you've been saying you're going to get out of that bed, I've yet to see you set foot on the floor. Well, maybe if the floor wasn't so cold. He admits it's a choice. And how does he know the floor is cold? How does he know? If it wasn't in fact that he was stepping on it, he's well, he's walking. He should have been going to work to support his destitute family. Ah, so you'd have him working, I'd would have you? You'd have a 96 I'd have and a half-year-old man working. Maybe, yes. maybe down a mine. Yeah, put a me mine. down a mine. Oh, yeah. Go oh, on, John, go in the mine. Oh, you believe the place of a gentle 96-and-a-half-year-old man is labouring down a mine. Oh, nice, Maddie. Lovely yeah. sentiment for our podcast in the first episode of No, get down in man. that mine. Oh, Maddie, there is a world of difference between a man who can hobble through some factory gates to have one short day beyond his wildest dreams before death claims him and a man who can swing a pickaxe and send a trolley down into the burrows of a mine yeah, go you know, get some with a little coal. hard hat on and a helmet and a light and say oh where's the coal where's the yeah, coal get me some coal oh. I'm grandpa joe I shit on a plate oh. and make my daughter wipe it out awesome send him to a darling oh yeah yeah, yeah put, right put grandpa joe in the adani yeah get him down to a darling oh, that's great. right Ella. yeah I support the adani Mind. That's what yeah, you want me to say on record. I do not support the Adani mind. He should be taught a lesson. Fighting it all is not Welcome back. 
We have just one more bucket related point to discuss. Um, let's not forget the beautiful song that Charlie's mother, Mrs. Bucket, sings him when he's down in the dumps. It's called Cheer Up Charlie, and we all remember it well and fondly. It's really a highlight of the 1971 film retelling. So um, yeah, here it is now. You get blue like everyone, but me and Grandpa Joe can make your troubles go. It's quite boring and unnecessary. Um, Millie, could you just skip to the good bit? Cheer up, Charlie. Give me a smile. Actually, that's, that's really boring as well. Sorry, it gets boring. Can you skip? Cheer up, Charlie. Do. Cheer up, Charlie. It's a pretty boring song, isn't it? I hate it. Maybe we just cut this bit. Can you just cut it. Yeah, okay. Don't worry, guys. I'll cut it. Yeah, just cut that. Okay, it's cool. terrible. Gonna cut it. Okay, well, actually, sadly, I think that might be all the time that we have this week. I think we've made some progress. And... I think we've really begun the dig. We're well and truly making waves on this stagnant case. What is that? What's what? Nothing. As I was saying... As I was saying... Episode 1 of The Candyman. This six-part series was written, produced and performed by Big Big Big, a comedy group featuring Maddie Savage, Millie Holton and Ella Laurie. It was mixed by Alan McConnell and supported by the Yarra City Council. Our illustrations were made by Millie, cover designed by Maddie and music and editing by Ella. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to know more about our other projects, you can find us on social media at Big 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 Comedy. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way you can support the series is to post about it on your social media, leave a review or rate the episode on iTunes. Thanks again. Your time is your most valuable asset and we're grateful that you spent it with us. Thank you and see you next week for episode two.